بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأراضين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الحمد لله رئيبل تو هابار webinar once again and I hope that inshallah you have my voice and picture clearly uh, as you remember we reached the verse 77 after the story of magicians and how they changed how they were transformed we had some verses about what happens to someone who meets his Lord who goes back to Allah while he is criminal and what happens to someone who goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while he is a believer then we reach verse 77 so if you look at the verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim walaqad awhayna ila Musa an asr bi'ibadi fadrib lahum tariqan fil bahr yabasan la takhafu daraka wa la takhsha after the event which was mentioned in last session about the magicians and how they believed in the lord of Moses and Harun in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so some people believed from the skeptics they believed and of course Bani Israel were already believers but Pharaoh and his people remained you know as they were and many stories happened which are not mentioned in this surah some of them are mentioned in surah araf but the next story which is mentioned here in surah taha is for several years later and that is the end of the story of pharaoh so one defeat of pharaoh was on that day when he brought the magicians and wanted to defeat Musa السلام, but he himself was defeated and in a sense he caused himself to be humiliated in front of the public another time that he was defeated but this time forever was when Prophet Musa السلام, and Bani Israel crossed the river or the sea as I will explain inshallah and Pharaoh and his army followed them and then they drowned so they were killed so this is the story which starts here 
وَلَقَدْ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَى مُوسَى We have certainly communicated to Musa, revealed to Musa. So this was a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Prophet Musa. To do what? An asra bi'ibadi The revelation was to move in the night. Asra yusri isra'an in Arabic is used for moving something or someone in the night. Isra, you know, we have Surah Isra, it starts with this Subhanallah Asra Abdihi Laylan Minal Masjid al Haram Ilal Masjid al Aqsaladi Barakna Hawla. Asra Abdihi means he moved his servant in the night. So it's used for movement in the night. Allah says to Musa that you should take my servants in the night. Because you know, if they wanted to move in the day, so for sure the security, the police, the army of Pharaoh would have realized and would have stopped them. You know, when all of a sudden all Bani Israel are leaving with all the enmity and hostility that they had toward Musa and Bani Israel, they were alarmed and they would have done something to stop them. So Allah asked Musa to take them in the night and asre the ibadi take my servants in the night travel by night okay when they moved towards Palestine on their uh, way they faced sea or river according to some Mufassirin this refers to Nile river but because Nile is very big very large deep so it is considered as a kind of kind of sea so some people say it was Nile some people say it was Red Sea Ayatollah Makaram Shirazi in Tafsir Namuna he says it was Nile So when they moved, the news reached Pharaoh. Because you know they couldn't reach you know in a day or in a night. It needed several days and nights. So when the uh, people of Pharaoh received the news and they informed Pharaoh, Pharaoh decided to follow them to perhaps arrest them and bring them back so he asked his army to get ready and they moved and he himself also went after them he didn't want to send someone although these people you know were just 
normal people, they were not, you know, an army, but still they were worried. So Pharaoh himself and his army followed them. When the Israelites, Bani Israel, reached Nile, they faced a big problem. In front of them there was Nile and behind was Pharaoh and his army. So they were surrounded. They had no way to go forward or backward. If they had time and Pharaoh and his army had not followed them, they could have perhaps, you know, look for a boat, or, you know, for, you know, take few boats or, you know, boat or ship, you know, going, for example, gradually, some, you know, people go first and other people. So they would have found something to cross. But when there is no time, your enemy is reaching you, then you have to do something. And at that time, another miracle happened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Prophet Musa, فَبْرَبْ لَهُمْ طَرِيغًا فِي الْبَحْرِ يَبَسَى Allah said to Prophet Musa, a strike, a dry path. For them, through the sea. So, Prophet Musa knew that they should go actually inside and cross. But Allah said, you don't need to swim. There will be a dry path open for you. The water made a passage for them. So water withdrew and went, you know, maybe higher, like two columns, like two walls, and between more water, not even little water. No, it was actually dry. Because, you know, if it was little water or it was, you know, muddy, it was difficult for them to move. Allah made it dry. So water completely withdrew. فَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ طَرِيغًا فِي الْبَحْرِ يَبَسًا يَبَس You know, يَبَس We say, you know, وَلَا رَتْبًا وَلَا يَبَسًا إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مُبِينٍ Rat means wet. يَبَس means dry. يَبَسًا means this path is dry. So, strike a dry path for them through the sea. لَا تَخَافُ دَرَكًا وَلَا تَخْشَى According to some tafsirs like tafsir Nemunayim لَا تَخَافُ دَرَكًا refers to what some Bani Israel had said 
You know, they were worried and they said, Inna lamudrakun. Idrak in Arabic means to reach. And it is used for understanding, for grasping as well. Because it means that your mind reaches something in full and understands and grasp. For example, we say, وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ So, uh, it means that uh, what made you understand Laylatul Qadr? Of course, that Adra Yudri is means to make you understand. Adraka Yudraku is also similar. So, Adra Yudri, Adraka Yudraku. Similar. But, the difference is that Adraka Yudraku literally, or you can say originally, is used for reaching. But it is used in the sense of understanding very frequently. Adrak, Mudrek, it's used very much for understanding. But it's very similar like Adraka. Adra Yudri. From Deraya, which means understanding. So, here it's not in the sense of understanding, it's in the sense of reaching. They said, Enna Lamudrakun, means they will reach us, they will find us, they will catch us. So, in response to their worry and fear, Allah says to Prophet Musa, La takhafu darakan. You would not fear being, you know, cut by them. Or being overtaken by them. They cannot reach you. Wala takhsha. And you don't have any other fear. That, for example, maybe the water comes back and you will drown. No. No fear with respect to army of her own. No fear with respect to the water or anything else. You would have safe passage. La takhafu darakan wala takhsha. Okay. So for sure then Prophet Musa listened and took them inside when Pharaoh and his army reached the Nile River they saw that they are inside they saw the passage okay that was a good time for them to reflect and to realize that they cannot defeat Musa how can you defeat a man who is so much supported by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? First of all, he knew Musa that he was a nice person, a pious person, a special person, because he had brought up Musa in a sense. Of course, not in the sense that he brought up Musa in a good way, but physically he brought him Musa and he was witnessing his growth. He was witnessing how Musa is getting better and better, closer and closer to Allah. Then he saw the signs of God given to Musa. Then he saw the story of magicians. And he saw many, many other things. And now he is seeing this very special miracle, which maybe never happened for anyone before. So he had very good opportunity 
to change but no he didn't change and he was so arrogant that he thought he also can use this miracle to reach them you know it's interesting you know how sometimes we can make very very funny mistakes when Allah has made this passage for them in order to save them then you think that you can use the same passage to reach them and harm them you think that Allah doesn't have control when he opens then it will remain open and you can get to Musa okay so if he was not going to save them so why he did this in the first place may Allah save us from such funny mistakes that we do when we don't use our aql, when we use our conscience when we don't follow the message of Allah subhanahu wa we make very stupid mistakes <coughs> so فَأَتْبَعَهُمْ فِرْعَوْنَ after that Pharaoh led his people inside Nile at Barhom. So he asked them to go, to follow. It is said that when the last person from Bani Israel crossed and they put their feet on the coast then the last member of the army of Pharaoh put his foot inside the river that passage so all the men Israel crossed now Pharaoh and all his army are inside before any of them going out and without any of them being out because he has not yet reached now all of them were inside then Allah released water then the sea covered them covered them completely how much water Allah says the waters completely overwhelmed them and covered them he doesn't say you know how much because he says what covered them what covered them covered them it means you cannot say you know how much water lots of water come so they are not able to swim you know, to get out so they were killed in one incident of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved the body of Pharaoh as we have elsewhere Allah says اليوم ننجيك ببدنك to make him a sign so that other people reflect and realize 
how Allah can kill them so easily how can also he save the body of her own so that after thousands of years the body remains and now everyone can reflect on this story so for own with his own command led his army to destruction not only he misguided them with respect to faith because you know he was asking them not to believe in one God to believe in him to follow him to serve him to fight against Bani Israel to oppress them he did all the mischief and now he also led them to death so Allah says in verse 79 he misguided his people deceived them led them astray and didn't guide them some people say Wamahada is to emphasize on Adalla. Uh, he misguided them, he led them astray, Wamahada, and he didn't guide them. So he didn't guide them and he led them astray are the same for emphasis. But according to some of Asarin, they can mean differently means he misguided them he led them astray but then there was occasion there was opportunity for them to wake up to be guided when a leader like Pharaoh has misguided people and now there is an opportunity to correct himself to be brave and change the way and say okay maybe even he doesn't need to say anything but practically he should say okay so far we were wrong but from now we should correct ourselves we should go back to the right path this is very important for a leader to be able to admit his mistake and anytime he realizes that he has misguided people, he has misled them, he changes and he takes them back. By insisting on going astray, you are not helping yourself or anyone. You are adding to the problem. The sooner you go back to the right path, to the truth, to Allah, is the better. So, ma hada refers according to this interpretation which is acceptable which is nice refers to the second stage so he misguided them in the first place and when there was opportunity to now change and return and say that okay we want now to uh, start anew from the beginning want to from now on become good people no and he didn't guide them 
So in these three verses, 77, 78, 79 of Surah Araf, chapter 20, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very briefly mentions the last stage, last episode of the story of Pharaoh. Of course, the story of Musa and Bani Israel continues as we will see. But the story of Pharaoh finished. Pharaoh was killed. Some, as I said, other aspects of the same story is mentioned in southern other places of the Quran. But here we have only these three verses here. Then we move on to the verse 80. Ya Bani Israel, Kad anjaynakum min aduvkum. O Israelites, O children of Israel, children of Ya'qub because Israel is the title of Prophet Ya'qub, as we have in Dua. O children of Ya'qub, or Israelites, or Bani Israel, children of Israel, Kad anjaynakum min We have delivered you from your enemy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding Bani Israel, especially Bani Israel at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because, you know, for example in Surah Baqarah, in many verses, Allah talks to Bani Israel and, you know, considers them as one nation. This is a beautiful, you know, idea in the Quran that although people may come in different times and belong to different generations, but as long as they have the same aims and objectives, the same philosophy of life, and they approve what their ancestors did, they consider are considered as one nation. And sometimes you then would be responsible for what your ancestors have done. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Bani Israel of the time of the Prophet that how much I favored, how much I blessed you, but what bad response you had in different times. And because they were not condemning what their ancestors did, so they are responsible. Any person who is happy with what another person has done, he would be somehow responsible. This is a very important principle. As we say, you know, for example, about the killers of Imam Hussein alayhi salam, we say, those who those who heard this and they were happy, means they didn't protest. So they are somehow responsible. They share with the criminals in their crime. This is a very important idea, uh, I don't want to enter that discussion, but Allah is saying to Bani Israel, which Bani Israel? Presumably the Bani Israel of the time of the Prophet, but because they are the same nation, they are considered as one group, one community. Ya Bani Israel, Qad anjaynakum 
من عدوبكم ووعدناكم جانب الطور الأيمن We saved you We saved you from your enemies So All the men Israel Knew that Allah has done such a favor to them That saved them from their enemies Bani Israel of the time of the Prophet Musa of course uh, They were aware of this And later generations Because this was a very important story Maybe some of the stories Were not preserved In their sources But this is something that everyone knows And we made an appointment for you To come to the right side of the Mount Tur Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says We appointed with you Means we made an appointment Like you know When we want to have very important meeting We say okay come in this time to this place We are going to discuss this So Allah made such a very important appointment for them On the right side of the mount Also we sent to you food Man and Salwa What is Man and Salwa? There are many discussions about this Man and Salwa One interpretation is that Man referred to something like honey Like a syrup sweet, healthy which was coming to them and according to some Mufassirin from some trees they used to take this from some trees that trees with the instruction of Allah they produce lots of this for them and Salwa according to some Mufassirin is a type of bird a small bird like you know pigeon that was coming to them and they could you know get them and use as food to eat because you know when they were traveling you know in the sea uh, or for example in you know, the desert so they needed food and they were not an equipped you know army that when they travel they take with them everything all the you know provision so they needed food especially you know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for some of their bad practices you know kept them wandering around for years for decades so anyway they needed food and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them food this must be a sign for them but unfortunately they didn't appreciate they started complaining then they started saying oh we need you know uh, other food we want to have um, onion we want to have uh, garlic we want to have you know vegetables 
for sure when something comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it would give you everything that you need for your health and you should be thankful but they were not thankful they were not complaining if you know even for example imagine if something like milk comes to you from heaven which would keep you, you know, alive and healthy and fresh then should you ask for anything else or if you know a fish is coming every day for you should you ask you know for then other types of things if it's coming from heaven from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you what would be better than this even if just water you know comes from heaven and that is enough for you for your health then you should be more than happy with that the food of dunya has all the problems as well with it not because the food has a problem no natural food is okay but still it's physics still it can cause you difficulties you need to watch your health you need to watch your weight you need to go to washroom you need to clean sometimes it can be making you I don't know very fat if you eat too much or if you have some health issues or, or whatever but when it's from heaven it's different anyway Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding them of his favors upon them قَدْ أَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ مَنْ عَدُوْكُمْ وَبَوْعَدْنَاكُمْ جَانِبَ الطُّورِ الْأَيْمَنِ وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَنَّ وَالسَّلْوَى كُلُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَذَقْنَاكُمْ Allah also told them that eat of the good things pleasant things, tayyib means something pleasant, something that you like eat of the pleasant things that we have given you razaqnakum we have given you assistance, we provided you with wala tatagawfi but do not do tuqyan what does it mean to go out of limit? to use it excessively or some people have translated do not overstop sorry overstep the bounds means uh, transgress go beyond the limits go beyond the boundaries like you know using the food excessively or uh, using it in the way which is not correct which is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you can eat without worry of you know drought or famine but keep the also balance فَيَحِلَّ عَلَيْكُمْ غَضَبِي if you do Turian if you go out of the boundaries then my wrath will 
بفاؤ بلانگ تو یو ومن يحلل عليه غضبي فقد هوا and whoever is treated with Allah's wrath when Allah's wrath comes to someone then he is finished, he is destroyed on whom my wrath descends he would certainly perish so he on whom my wrath descends perishes will be destroyed but if you repent and before the time is over before you start you know seeing the defeat and the death if you repent of course I forgive you I am very forgiving, very much forgiving. Qafir means forgiving, but Qafar means forgives a lot. I am most forgiving for those who repent and believe and do righteous deeds. So basically, they change their direction. They are guided, they are on the right path the right direction so if someone returns from the bad direction to the right direction by being faithful and doing righteous deeds and keep keeps going on the right path he's forgiven Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive such people وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا ثُمَّ اهْتَدَى I am most forgiving for the people, for those who repent or return because Tawbah means to return and believe and do righteous deeds ثُمَّ اهْتَدَى and then they are guided, they follow guidance okay then we have a story of uh, Prophet Musa uh, and uh, when he went for receiving the tablets and when he was informed about what summary had done to misguide people inshallah in the next session uh, to, today I'm going to finish earlier because uh, I have to say my prayer and go inshallah to Tehran and have to drive so inshallah with your du'as uh, I'm going to uh, go so just if there's any question I answer quickly otherwise I take your permission question one salam alaikum shaykh alaikum salam thank you for your tafsir session it's been very enlightening thank you very much my question is regarding the being led astray by our leaders in verse 79 as a follower is there anything we can do to become aware or astray stay alert to the signs of when a leader leading us astray and what are the common things that we can or should look for out for yes a very good question thank you very much uh, first of all we have to be careful in selecting leaders you know if you follow someone like Pharaoh you should be ready for many many mistakes 
you cannot, you know, find a person like Pharaoh and then trust. If you find a qualified, pious, experienced, wise leader, still you have to be alert if he's not Ma'asum. Because Ma'asum is different, infallible. But anyone from Ma'asumin, what you can do is that you have to do your best to safeguard yourself against going astray. So, in the first place, selection of the leaders. How do you select a leader? You don't select a leader just because he is famous or he looks beautiful or he has lots of money or he's a successful, for example, person in his business or for example in his I don't know studies no maybe he's the best businessman or the best scientist but not necessarily a good leader maybe he's the best I don't know chemist best mathematicians in the world but does it mean that he's necessarily a good leader so in selection of a leader you should make sure that we find someone who is qualified. Of course, we cannot expect you know, to have a perfect leader, but we can try to prioritize what are the major requirements of the leaders that we cannot compromise with, and what are the things that if he has is better, but still we can do something. Because having also no leader is a problem. As a community, if we don't have a leader, that's a problem. If we have also bad leader, that's also a problem. So, we should find the basic requirements. And if there are few people who have those basic requirements, then among them we choose the people who have more. But there are something as bottom line that we cannot compromise. One is taqwa. Taqwa is very important for leader. That he's trying hard to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to please people, not to please himself. Not to please any group or party. Not to please any sect or section of the community. To please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second, a leader must be experienced. Third, a leader must have some knowledge of the subject in which he wants to lead for example you want to run a community you want to travel any type of leadership has to have some knowledge about this and experience as well you cannot even choose someone who has no experience someone who has experience has to be chosen he has to be also a kind person a leader cannot be a person who doesn't have you know, kindness and mercy in his heart. And wisdom. Wisdom, hikmah, is very important for a leader. He must be insightful. He must be a person who has a vision, who knows how to prioritize, who knows how to plan, how to find the shortest and best and quick ways towards success not in a perfect way but better than average at least 
must be someone who is known for this I'm not saying perfect but better than average so these are the qualities that we have to look for and then if we select such a leader then we can have his uh, we can trust him we can support him but always remain alert we have to support our leaders but if God forbids they do something which is against religion, against Sharia something which proves that they have no longer taqwa or they are selfish then we keep them uh, we keep ourselves away from them but this is very tricky issue because sometimes you know as soon as we disagree with our leaders we accuse them no this is not good if it is really honestly between you and Allah proof that they are making mistake okay you leave them otherwise you keep alert you keep inquiring to make sure that it's not just a disagreement in making decisions you know something sad is sometimes as soon as we disagree on some decisions we may label each other we may accuse each other no a leader can make a decision that we don't understand we don't agree but what is important is to make sure that he has still the qualities and the qualification inshallah maybe on other, on other occasions after we can discuss it further question two belief is followed by <coughs> amana so if you seen even for one thing are you considered as unbeliever <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لمن تاب و آمن و عمل صالح. So آمن is belief. عمل صالح means to do righteous deeds. A mu'min is expected to do righteous deeds, not to commit sins. But what happens if a mu'min commits a sin? This was a big issue from early history of Islam. There were people who used to say that whoever commits a major sin, he's a kafir. You know, like Khawarij. Khawarij had this idea that as soon as you commit a major sin, you are kafir. Some people said they are mu'min, but they are fasiq, sinful. And mu'tazilite, they said, manzilatun bainal mu'tazilatin. Neither they are mu'min nor they are kafir. Something between iman and kafir. What is between iman and kafir? They didn't you know, say that much. Anyway, we believe that mu'min if his iman is okay, is intact, he doesn't commit sins. He does his righteous deeds. It's natural. Iman naturally leads to obedience, to piety. But it's possible that for a person who is not as strong in iman, but still has some level of iman, he may commit a sin. So therefore he repents and goes back. But Mu'min would not be happy with counting sins, even if he's sometimes enjoying the sins, but still in his heart or her heart feels the bitterness of the sin. Mu'min is not the one that can perform a sin and wholeheartedly enjoy. It's always sad about this aspect. You know, like someone who may steal food and eat and feels no problem, feels nothing bad about it, 
and someone who does this but still feels bad these are two different types of personalities so a mu'min may do something bad although he's not supposed but when iman is weak he may do this or when shaitan or nafs ammara you know, deceives and he listens he may do something bad but he is first of all sad and secondly he tries to go back as soon as possible okay our questions alhamdulillah finished so with your permission you know I finished uh, right now I pray for uh, your success if, for protection of your family and our community inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to understand the Quran better and implement the Quran better Alaykum wa rahmatullah wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin